0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. I am so so glad you're here, guys. And as always, uh, if you get anything at all out of today's episode, do me a favor and do today's guest a favor, and go ahead and share it, screenshot it, post it up in your stories, tag both of us in the comments. We sure would appreciate it, guys. I am joined here today by a new friend of mine, somebody I'm very proud to have in my network right now. He is the owner and Founder of Three B Credit Health, a self-confessed serial entrepreneur, Kevin Kevin Faulkner. Welcome to the show, mate. How are you doing today? I'm good, Sam. Thank you for having me, dude. It's been uh, it's it's been a minute. I've been trying to get you on, so I'm glad you're here. And uh, you're into uh, you're into credit help. And I know there's quite a few of our listeners that, whether they'll want to admit it or not, would uh, would like to do something about that. So let's kick it off with Three B Credit Help, man. Tell us a little bit about who you are and about the company.
1: Yes, sir. I'm uh, married to my wife, Kelly. My name is Kevin Faulkner. We live here in Waco, Texas area, and uh, we have a business called 3B Credit Health, and we specialize in helping folks uh, that are credit challenged uh, become qualified for home loans and become home buyers. So that's really my wheelhouse. I do work in other facets of credit repair, uh, credit building, but uh, uh, my, man, what makes me happy is to help people become qualified for homes.
0: I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So, credits, a uh, man, it, it's a it's a naughty word <laughs> around a lot of tables. Um, I think with the uh, the the Dave Ramsey crowd, credit is, is is bad, and then I think with a lot of a lot of people, they get overextended and over their heads in credit. So let's just dive into credit repair for a little bit for the guests listening. What would you say that the the biggest misunderstanding about credit is when when you come into a situation? with a new client what's the most common thing you see
1: well honestly sam a lot of folks don't understand and just aren't educated to understand how the system works
0: no it's magic kevin it's absolutely magic like i have no idea how it works myself so i'm hoping not only my listeners get an education but maybe i get one too
1: yeah absolutely man and so what people a lot of the first thing people need to understand about credit is that transunion equifax and experian are all three different companies of course yeah they actually get paid to have your negative items on their report and they file them they're three separate entities so that explains why your score will be three different things Uh Uh, your score may be 700 with experian uh, 730 with Equifax and 680 with TransUnion. Right. And the reason that is, is because they are three separate companies. So for, for instance, what a lot of people don't know is, is that ABC debt collector may only report to TransUnion because they're trying to save a little bit of money because they have to pay all three bureaus mm-hmm. when they put something on your credit. And the Bureau makes money from that. So that's why you see inaccurate information. That's why you see things on your credit that stay on longer than they should and just generally incorrect information. So our job over at 3B Credit Health is to work on that for you to make sure your credit report is clean, to make sure your address is good because your your credit report in 2021 is literally a job application for you. In most cases, when you apply for a job, when you apply for a loan, if you're an investor, when you apply for uh, an investment loan, your credit report really matters.
0: It's pretty critical, huh? Yes, sir. So how does that process work? Talk us through the the, the process of um, cleaning the report up.
1: Yes, sir. So what we do is we start with your, uh, making sure your address is is uniformed
0: mm-hmm. making
1: sure your correct place of employment or your job history is is straight on your credit report because if you have three addresses on your credit report it literally looks like you've you've got three addresses on a job application when they when they pull that to take a look to determine if you are, are qualified for a loan That's so just
0: standard. just one address even though you've had so you know I look at my credit report and i see addresses that are on there from 20 years ago where i lived um is, is that a bad thing should i should i look at removing those well what you
1: it it, do, it can give a uh, a vibe of instability if you have too many addresses on there so you would want to remove if you've got more than two or three over a period of probably 20 years you want to remove some of those uh, you, the main thing you want to do, Sam, is keep those addresses even. So you want TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax to have the exact same address.
0: Oh, because you know I've got a fairly common name, so I could, I could. Um, oftentimes, when because I I use Skiptrace stuff for for work, and of course I've I've searched myself, and oftentimes I get associated with with a different Samuel Smith at uh, different addresses. Um, I never even thought, I never even begun to thought to go through and uh, check the addresses on my credit report. So, look, we're already getting value from the podcast and we're only like four minutes in. So, (laughs) yeah, I, you know, it's not stuff you ever think about because my credit report is historically accurate. I've had four addresses while I've lived in Texas and all four of them are on there. Um, Would it be better to just have my current address and nothing else?
1: Well, as long as the information is consistent, how, how long have you been in Texas? Remind, man.
0: 20 years.
1: Yeah. Four addresses in 20 years is not going to um, really set the world on fire in a negative way uh, mm-hmm. with somebody looking at your credit report. What Now, if you've got eight addresses and you, and that obviously is not going to look extremely stable when you're trying to apply for a loan. So there's right. a lot of factors into this stuff uh, because it, think of it from the aspect of What is that? What is going through that lenders mind when that lender looks at this, whether or not nowadays it's automated, Mm -hmm. uh, back in our day, it it was, it was, uh, looked at by an actual human, Right. but even still, the algorithms pick it up just like a human does. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for the same thing. So when you look at your credit report, look at it from the way, from the lender's eyes and think, is this something this lender would, would say, yes, this is a stable person. This is somebody that, we can count on to pay our money back. Cause that's the question they're asking themselves.
0: I mean, I, I think I can be counted on to pay it back. I don't think that changing uh, changing my address would have much to do with that. What other um, major mistakes do you see on these, on these people's credit?
1: Well, a lot of times because they get paid, TransUnion, Experian, Equifax get paid uh, to have these negative items on your credit. They will lie about dates. They will lie about how long the item needs to be on your credit. Mm-hmm. And they will keep it on there as long as they possibly can.
0: Okay, because each company's paying for each hit, right?
1: Yes, sir. So TransUnion, Experian, Equifax, literally three different companies, literally making three incomes working on their own as separate entities because that's what they are. And their job is obviously, like any company, to get paid.
0: So, well, yeah. If
1: you think of it like that. It's 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 a quite a, a bit of a nasty business. Sound. I mean, the way this thing, <laughs> I had no idea how unethical these credit bureaus operated until I dove deep into this business.
0: Well, I don't either. Um, you know, and I really want to talk about Kevin and your journey. But before we do, um, just a couple more questions. What are a couple of simple things um, that the normal person can do to improve their credit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Take a look at your credit. You get one free pull from each bureau every year. Uh, pull, take that, take advantage of that. Uh, you, can, you can look that up online and uh, pull your credit for free once a year and send a letter to the credit bureaus on anything that you see that does not look normal and have them do an investigation. A lot of times we think that asking for an investigation on Credit Karma or some of the other apps is sufficient. The reality of it is they don't really do an investigation. They just say item investigated and item is legitimate. That's why you never get your items removed. Whenever you do those those uh, uh, disputes on credit apps like Credit Karma and, and so forth. So the real way to do the best way to do this is to send a snail mail letter to the credit bureaus all three of them. And ask them to do a full investigation of anything that doesn't look right to you. Hmm. Because by law, through the Fair Credit Reporting Act of 1970, they have to provide proof of why this is on your credit.
0: Right. So, so then, what are the chances of them just providing proof anyway and it staying on there? I mean, is it, is it a 50-50 chance that they've got proof? Do they just leave it alone? Do they wipe it off there? I mean, what, what do you see when, when you send a letter to these guys? Let's say, um, I don't know, let, let's say somebody's had uh, two or three late payments four or five years ago. Um, is that something they can get removed by sending a letter, or is that just something they got to sit and wait another two or three years for them to fall off?
1: No, actually, actually the step you would take there is to send what's called a goodwill letter. Mm-hmm. And what a goodwill letter does is, again, it goes back to everything. And we're going to go into this, I'm sure. But everything is relationships, as you well know, yeah, Sam. Yeah, the no the doubt. The so when you send a goodwill letter, what a goodwill letter is, is let's pretend you worked at the credit bureau and I was sending you a letter because I had a couple of late payments back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And it was just obvious that I paid my bills. I just ran into something that, slowed me down for a month or two. Right. Highly, un- you know, unlikely that it'll happen again. Just one of those things were humans. And so I would send this letter, uh, like I was sending it to you, a human. And I would explain my mother-in-law was sick and, and I, it was just a right. situation that we, we could not do anything about. We've always paid. If you look, you'll see that we've always paid. This one just got away from me. I'm trying to preserve my credit. And just explain exactly from a human to human standpoint what happened. Yeah. And a lot of times, they'll they've got I mean they're human. They've got some mercy on that type of situation. see. There,
0: there's another thing that that probably most people didn't know is that they have discretion, and these guys can pick and choose based on uh, based on how nice you are to them. So I, I certainly didn't know that. I'm, I'm very ignorant of, of credit. Mine is okay, um, but like getting into the minutia of it and into the credit repair stuff, I mean, it's, it's fascinating because it's, it's not an industry that we're often exposed to the inner workings of. So uh, I, I applaud you for coming on and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and sharing with us.
1: I appreciate it. A lot of folks don't. Yeah, that's, that's a great uh, observation because a lot of people just don't realize how much control we do have over what's in our credit report.
0: Man, yeah, I, I want to really ask, what's what's the biggest area of, you know, following on from that, they don't realize, what's the biggest area of naivety you run across, and what's the thing that you guys do within the first couple of weeks that makes the biggest impact for your clients?
1: Well, one thing people don't know that I always love to share is how important credit card utilization is it's 34 percent of your credit report so to to get an instant for the listeners out there that that just needed are, or are looking for an instant jump the first thing you want to look at is your credit card usage
0: mm-hmm.
1: you you want to keep your credit now the marketing and again that's something we'll i'm sure we'll dive into is marketing but everything is about marketing and the credit bureaus are no different with marketing, they want you to use the maximum that's on your credit card. So if you have a $10,000 limit on your credit card, mm-hmm. they want you to stay at 10000 and they want you to pay that minimum payment every month and keep your card at $10,000. Well, here's, yeah. here's the thing that most people don't know. The algorithms act of the credit, what your credit score actually penalize you for doing that. Because to the to the lenders, to the people that actually look at your credit score and use it to make decisions on whether or not to loan you money, what they see is when this person has an opportunity, they're not responsible, they're not necessarily disciplined. So it's, it's more important, it's better practice to have five cards with a $10,000 limit with only $2,000 on each card, 20%. Mm-hmm. Than it is one card that you have ten thousand dollars max on, and you've got it maxed out every month, even if you pay it on time.
0: So the same amount of debt, but spread between different accounts, um, shows you're a, what a more reliable, yes. better, show more ju- got better judgment, better discipline. Yes, discipline. That's right. what
1: they're looking for. And, and how else do you show discipline than? to prove that you can manage credit cards without maxing them out it's crazy it's not it's not you wouldn't think it was right in a right and wrong world that they would say we're gonna we're gonna give you this much room on a credit card ten thousand dollars on a credit card and then to turn around and penalize you for using that credit card but that's how it works
0: (laughs) man this is just just a crazy um peak into the world of credit repair that not a lot of us get, and uh, we may circle back to it. I may just tell everybody to just hit you up for more information because um, you know it's been a uh, it's been very informative. I know I'll be following up with you because I'm I'm intrigued uh, to learn more. But I want to talk a little bit about you, Kevin, because your your credit repair business is uh, it's still in its infancy, and you've got a fairly long history. So I know you did a lot in sales. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and what it was that led to getting into entrepreneurship for yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. It's quite the interesting story. Uh, I'd love to share it. I uh, have been I have an extensive sales background. I've been in sales my entire life. I uh, I started out uh, in a my first experience with sales was I was the guy that drives that drives the meat truck and comes and knocks on your door door to door. Uh, and sells uh, steaks chicken and seafood you you ever seen that that guy that does that oh
0: yeah yeah we used to uh we used to have that back in england it wasn't yeah it's not it's not a mystery to me to see the guys go door to door and sell stuff so you would have a delivery route and then you get paid a little bit extra for upselling maybe
1: well i made i made a yeah i made a commission uh so i think my case i think i sold them for 150 dollars a case and My cost was $110. So I think I made $40 a case when I sold a case. So I'll give you my, uh, I'll give you my hook real quick. What I would do. Okay. And I was 19, I think something like that. I was a good looking young kid and I'd go knock on the door and, and I would say, um, and of course, this is not the way sales works, but this is the way we were, uh, we were trained back then. And I knew no better. So I had a lot to learn here, but I would knock on the door and I would say, I know you like steaks and chicken. Do you like seafood? Well, of course, when somebody knocks, when you knock on somebody's door and they open their door, their initial reaction is to say no. (laughs) So they would say no. And I would say, great, I'll be back with your steaks and chicken. And I would turn my back and run to the truck, grab these two, and the next thing they know, I'm walking up with two cases of, a case of steak and a case of chicken up to their door. And I've got it spread all over the floor. And that was my intro to sales. Now, as you well know, that's not the right way to sell. That doesn't.
0: One, <laughs> I'm not real proud of that. Dude, I'm just but trying it- to. I'm trying to imagine standing at my door with some fucking kid <laughs> fetching boxes of meat up the driveway. I'd be like, "Get no, like." You- <laughs> that's why I've got that bug shotgun that I can shoot flies with. I think I just keep it for door-to-door salesmen and just nail them with it every now and again. I never got
1: shot but I did have a rooster attack me one time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that yeah, so that's not how to pitch, dude. So how long did no, you last in the know. in the meat-slinging department? Did you do that a while or was that more of a cuz you know, we've all sold Kirby vacuums at one point, you know, for like 2 days. But was was the meat thing a, a career a career move for you?
1: I did that for about a year. Oh, nice! And, and I learned a lot, man. I learned a lot. Now I've also spent some time in the car business, and uh, obviously we know how the car business works. Uh, I, have you ever sold cars Sam?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I owned a uh, I owned a small car dealership um, back from twenty ten to twenty thirteen. Uh, we did anywhere from twenty to thirty units a month. Um, so,
1: again, not the ideal way to sell that's not the way that that at least not the way i was taught to do it It is not the correct way to sell but what i would say is the things that you learn in a car dealership in one year at a car dealership (laughs) will take you through life dude i can tell
0: some i could tell some stories
1: (laughs) you learn how to build relationships you learn how to um present uh, product knowledge Mm -hmm. You learn numbers. You understand finance. You understand how credit works. There are so many tools that I took away from from uh, working in, in in the car business uh, that I still use to this day. Now, of course, we refine those and we and we use it the right way. But the tools, the ability to talk, meet new people, and and uh, build relationships.
0: Dude, I think the car sales it should almost be a rite of passage for every young. Uh, entrepreneur you you get you get the shit kicked out of you so hard um but when you get that win um and it's your first ever like uh big ticket sale and and you know i'm in my early 20s and i, I sell a car and i make 1300 dollars which is more than i would make you know in in two weeks at my you know 10 an hour job um like i don't think enough people experience that they that it is like the car business is the it's the it's the very beginning of sales and you get to experience your first super high highs and you also get to experience your first super low lows your first kicks in the dick so to speak um there's never been a more brutal environment to have to figure out working in than a, than a sales for in a car dealership um that's for sure <laughs>
1: i'll I tell you what man it, it is pretty uh pretty discouraging when you've when you've got 30 salesmen lined up on a curb on a Saturday morning, and you know you've mm. gotta be
0: there for 12 hours. Mm. <laughs> and they're, they're all waiting on the ups. Because like, when when I, I first worked at a dealership in 2003 um, as sales, and I didn't last very long. I was probably in and out in about six months. I, I had a much better run at it next time I tried. Um, but, man, you, you'd get there, and this was like before the internet. Uh, I mean, we had it, but before it was used extensively in the marketing, and so people would come. They'd do the live radios, they'd do the newspaper ads, and Saturday would be the biggest car buying day of the week. And you would, you'd stand there with fifteen other guys waiting for an up to come on the lot, and whoever got to it first got to keep it. And it just, it wasn't, it wasn't where I was, I was particularly comfortable. But I do think it should be a rite of passage for all entrepreneurs to get those car lot lessons there's nothing like trying to sell something to somebody that doesn't want to be there when it's a hundred degrees outside and you're standing in the hot sun and then the the damn car won't start because the battery's gone dead you know (laughs) (laughs) you you learn to overcome objections or you go hungry i mean those are about the only two choices
1: yeah man so back to uh back to how i got to where i got to so man, so you know, I have an extensive sales background, uh, and uh, anyway, last year, uh, just literally a year ago, August, August, uh, the end of August of 2020. Uh, man, I'm in a place of depression. I've I've dealt with depression my whole life, so uh, that was I was just in a really bad place, and and had been for a little while. And man, uh, you know, I. I off off camera you know i shared with you that my wife is she's a winner man she's right uh, right she's a person that that wants to move forward and i wasn't showing that to her and uh she made the decision and I, i've never blamed her and i never will that that it just wasn't going to to go the way she thought it should go and, and she wasn't wrong and she said that she wanted to uh, to divorce so um i went and stayed with a friend of mine on uh, in in uh, uh, right outside of austin on 35 in on i-35 I- I and uh uh stayed in a back room of his and and um man i was pretty low but uh i did uh find my way to a place of gratitude and that's what really switched my mind yeah and i remember telling uh my the therapist that my wife and i did go to you know, look, this is out of my control. I don't want this divorce. But either way, whether we are able to work this out or whether we're not able to work this out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I've got to change and I've got to or nothing's going to ever get better for me. So I I realized that I did have a lot of things in this world and a lot of, you know, more than anything, opportunity. And opportunity, the one thing that I put every day on my G code app is the word opportunity is one of the five things I'm grateful for, because we all have that. And I took that and I saw an ad um, and uh, from a friend of mine that I'd followed on social media that had started a credit repair business and I reached out to him and you know, I remember him saying, "Man, you you're gonna have to get out of your comfort zone. You're gonna have to do a lot of things you're not comfortable with. You're gonna have to get on social media, and really, you know, really work hard at it. And it's not gonna be comfortable." And I remember thinking, "Bill, you just don't know, man. I have nothing to lose. I, I this is this is um, this is something I can definitely do. There's not not much they can take from me at this point." And I right. think, Sam, I believe that that. Uh, losing everything in that aspect, in the aspect that I did, because knowing it was my fault, forced me to a position to where I was able to overcome the fear and really go out and uh, build this thing, build this this business. And I mean, I, I remember, you know, being on a call with a, a realtor and getting my very first client. And, uh, you know, I knew how to fix credit because I had taken the courses. I had learned my craft. I, I knew what I was doing, but I had never actually done it before. So I, you know, it's the old fake it till you make it. Yeah. where I was at at the time and I, I knew how to do it. I just didn't realize it. So and by the way, that client, let me say, go ahead and say this, she is in a house now li- living her dream. So we, we got the job accomplished, but at the time, I didn't have confidence, but I remember talking to that realtor and how difficult that conversation and how ecstatic I was when she said, let's go ahead and do this. And and so that was my very first client. And I was driving an hour a day uh, each way on I-35 because I did have a job as as selling bathroom and kitchen remodels. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's what paid the bills. And um, I built that business at night, literally using my iPhone.
0: So how did the transition go then from selling kitchen remodels into becoming a full-time owner and operator of the credit repair company?
1: Yeah, so I I thought that, you know, I thought that I was uh, getting a divorce at the time. I was 100% convinced I didn't think anything was going to change that. So I knew that the only thing I could do was work on myself at that point. Okay. I, I have to just get better, but I don't, have, I'm not getting better for the purpose of reconnecting with my wife. I'm getting better for the purpose, of just getting better for me. Okay. And so that was my purpose at the time. Just, I just needed to make this work. I needed to do right by my clients. I needed this because I needed some personal value.
0: Right. Right. And yeah. so
1: I, I took this and again, I'm at, at, I'm in the back room of my friend's house and I'm working at night. And I had, I actually was working in the the bathroom and remodel job a lot on the weekends. Uh, So I had, I took a couple of days off during the week and I worked in the evenings on my credit repair business. And I don't know exactly how many clients I had, but I decided to move to East Texas, which is where I'm from. And that's where my family is and when i moved to east texas that's when i made the decision to uh, without really a lot of consciousness being into it because i didn't know if i was going to have to get another job to help me pay the bills until i got going or not but um things kind of worked themselves out to where i left the the remodeling job uh, right outside of austin and um went to east texas and when i went to east texas i've never looked back the credit repair is the only thing i've done since then
0: i shouldn't I do- be i shouldn't be mean but i say you probably find a lot of clients in east texas too <laughs> let's just let's just strike that from the podcast before i get i do have a lot of clients in east texas probably but, but, get uh, i'm gonna get so chased man, by a guy yeah, in a lifted truck you No,
1: know, that's sam that's whenever the other thing too is at the end of december is when i when i found apex and that's that's played a huge role as well
0: yeah yeah we should uh we should probably talk a little bit about that. Um, tell us about Apex. Tell us about your time in it and what it's done for you as an entrepreneur.
1: Man, it's been unbelievable to me as not just as an entrepreneur, uh, but as a person. And, and yes. understanding. It has pulled everything together that I have learned in 49 years of life that I just didn't know what to do with. -hmm. No, I look back now on the things that we've learned in Apex and the things that I've learned over this past year in Apex, and I think to myself, my dad told me that when I was in the third grade. It
0: just didn't
1: land. It didn't get anywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right. Um, You know, for for those of you that are listening that don't know, Apex is a uh, it's a cult. It's a cult of positivity, I guess. But it's a it's a group of like-minded business owners that get together for training and mentoring and um it's wonderful it's 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 how i know um excuse me it's how i know kevin so what is your favorite let's say time hack productivity hack favorite lesson um that you've gotten out of apex so far and i'll share mine after you share yours but what's what's your favorite lesson that you've taken from them
1: Well, that's a tough question, man. It truly is because I could literally read off a list of, I don't know how many things, uh, unlimited things that I've gotten from Apex. It's truly been a life changer. But I'm going to say relationships, Sam. Building relationships and power relationships.
0: Mm -hmm. And and knowing that uh, the one thing I like about the group is the ability to reach out and start relationships. Um, Everybody in there is willing to engage if you do the work um for me and i want to ask you about this too but for me it was um amongst everything else on the list it was time management um and actually using a calendar and a schedule have you found that to be useful yet
1: absolutely man i I was one of those guys that was literally uh afraid of the calendar and i lied and said you know hey i'm not a calendar guy man i'm just not one of those type of guys i don't yeah Mm -hmm. But what it really was 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 I was scared of it. Yeah. I don't know why. There's no real logic there, but man, uh, I got on the phone with uh, Clint Reagan. I'll give him a a shout out here because um, we're on a call and he said, man, get your phone out. We're going to set this thing up right now. In five minutes, we get that calendar set up. (laughs) And my life has been changed ever since because I learned along with the calendar came time blocking. Yep. And I'm, you know, I'll say this too, Sam. I got on a call with Thomas Keenan, and I heard Thomas on this podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way. If they haven't listened to that one, they need to listen to that one after this one. Thank you. What an amazing podcast that was. But uh, Thomas told me, I, and I, the call was, I was just not in Apex very long. And um, he, I reached out and I said, man, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. There's just so much. It's literally drinking from a fire hose and Apex. There's so much benefit to it. And Thomas said, I had a 30 minute call with him that only took eight minutes because I said, man, I'm overwhelmed. He said, look, here's what you do. You, um, work on building machine. You started at week one, you do that. You start it with, then you go to week two and you do that. And you go and don't worry about anything else. And I said, well, what about all the people that are reaching out to connect? And, <laughs> and he said, how did you connect with me? I said, you sent me your calendar and, I, and I'll pick, put a time on there, got on it. He said, there you go, do that. And then you know how Thomas is and he's just real quiet. And I'm like, well, that's it, man. I mean, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna implement what you said. And uh, and he said, well, what else you got? And I said, no, man, I think I'm cured. <laughs> that's where <wrong>. all let us
0: go. <laughs> It, I mean, it really is the ultimate uh, accountability tool. Um, I love having a calendar. I love being on a schedule. Um, I had some friends hit me up Friday night to go to the bar, uh, which is something I seldom do, and I had already got stuff scheduled for late to Friday evening and then early in Saturday morning, and I just they they're like, "Well, why come you never see us no more?" And I'm like, "Cause you got to get on the calendar." <laughs> And uh, it really does make a difference. So if you don't have your calendar set up, take it from me and uh, take it from Kevin. Go and and get that set up. All right, Kevin, it's time to share with the group, man. What books are you reading recently? And what's one that's really stood out to you?
1: Man, I'm reading a book called Atomic Habits right now that I am all in. What an amazing book. Have you read that one?
0: I own it. so i'm guilty of having a stack of about and I, everyone i read i add like three more to the pile that come off of podcast guests and come off referrals yes i do own it no i have not started it yet um i actually just started profit first this morning because uh, i've got i actually landed the author of that um he's coming on the podcast in a few weeks so i wanted to have read his work before he gets on there but tell us a little bit about atomic habits man and what you what you're pulling from that book
1: yeah, man, and, and you know it has it has taught me so much and opened up my eyes to so much about why we get into the things that we get into, and it just deep dives into how to stack your habits, how to replace bad habits with good play, good habits, and the science behind it. it, it man, it is so good, and it goes with with credit repair. The same things that that make us let, allow us to or cause us to hurt our credit to begin with are bad habits. Mm -hmm. And so, man, it goes with so much. It goes with, I'm going to implement it into a course. I'm going to implement the book. uh, What's in the, what I'm learning from the book atomic habits into a course to help folks in the same way that with, with credit repair and with all aspects of life
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because it's all, everything in life is based on habits, Sam, everything.
0: Oh, absolutely yeah
1: accumulation of small habits put together so yeah man i, I, I that book i would highly recommend it. it's by an author named james clear
0: he's
1: mm-hmm. uh, actually got a lot of things out but uh I, I would start with that book. it has been amazing for me it's definitely a game changer
0: and you find that if the time you know the time is going to pass anyway so you might as well use it intentionally uh, by building good habits and, and getting that stuff done anyway i i i still haven't managed to get into the habit of working out (laughs) but it's on my calendar and i begrudgingly go do it every day um and talking of the habit of working out you're running through 75 hard right now right
1: yeah absolutely man and that has been another game changer uh i'm only in day 33 of it
0: I mean, that's, Uh, don't say only that's, that's almost halfway through. Yeah. I've never, I've never made it through. I've, I've hit it twice and I've, I've injured myself both times. Uh, I've never made it through, but uh, yeah, I keep thinking I'll put it on the list. What are you learning from the process?
1: Oh man. Um, You got another five hours. It, it truly has, uh, it truly has changed my life in just over a little over a month in the aspect that, um, I cut out sugar and Diet Coke uh, for my diet. That's the the diet part. Now, I did fail at it at first because I tried the keto diet and that just didn't work. It killed my energy and um, uh, which uh,
0: it, it takes blue. It, Yeah, it takes it takes 10 to 14 days to get fully configured into that thing I've done. I've never done keto and tried 75 hard at the same time. Um, but when I was obese, um, what helped me to drop the weight quickly was changing to a, a just a hundred percent keto diet. But it did; it took it took a minute to get to where it worked. Um, keto takes fat and uses it for fuel instead of sugar, so it takes a minute for your body to adjust to that. And I totally understand what you're saying about no energy, none at
1: all. Yeah, so I busted out on seventy five hard with that, but so and that's another learning opportunity because we i didn't fail i learned Mm -hmm. so what the reason i've up to now knock on wood have success with 75 hard is because i implemented the right diet a sustainable diet because 75 hard is scalable so you you, i start like this time right now what i'm doing with 75 hard is the no sugar and cutting out the only drink the only thing i drink is coffee and water that's it okay and i'm going to sustain that the the other thing is you know at fifty years old, the two workouts I do uh, many days are just two forty-five minute walks.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and you know, to be honest with you, I'm my, I'm losing weight that way. I'm doing I'm doing really good. I'm starting. I can, you know, just in the last day or two, I've literally been able to see some difference in my pictures. My progress. yes,
0: yeah. I mean, I can see difference in your pictures. I mean, I see it in your face. Um, but that's again, that's somebody that follows you on social media and sees. The change is starting to happen so the, yeah. it's, it's definitely and, working
1: and so it's just a matter of again the habit atomic habits and i think that's why atomic habits has landed so well with me because it's just an it's the an ideology of stacking habits mm-hmm. off of one another and building momentum with your habits so i think what happens to most people and i'm really starting to learn the science behind this is we try to take on too much and this can be as you're a coach when it comes to mm-hmm. business, We try to take on too much instead of slowly implementing our systems and processes and moving at a sustainable rate forward. We try to take it on all at one time and that's never sustainable to do that.
0: No, it's it's like a computer that tries to open all the programs at once and it just crashes and freezes up, you know? So I want to look at, your success in 75 hard so far and what that's done to your morning routine what does uh, what does waking up look like for you and how do you handle the first part of the day before you actually roll up your sleeves and get to the office
1: yes sir the first thing i do is uh and this has been really cool for my marriage uh, we get up at uh, five and uh we have coffee and we read our 10 pages and uh then we we spend just quality time that always turns into an amazing conversation Mm -hmm. actually a funny story My not funny to her
0: (laughs) (laughs) laughing already lay it out let's go
1: yesterday was sunday and my wife forgot to take now she's completed 75 hard she's actually 15 days into phase one okay and she uh realized this morning that she had forgotten to take her picture yesterday
0: oh no Uh, yeah so
1: to her credit 75 days in that she did well she's 15 days into phase one so she was she was 90 days in without flaw and to yesterday she forgot to take her picture so she's got to start over on phase one but that's, it is,
0: that's not funny that's that's awful because the pitch is like the easiest thing but you do yeah, forget
1: her, her reaction her reaction was uh was a That of frustration, man, I'll tell you, but you know, that's the thing. Here's where the conversation in the Faulkner household went from that incident.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: What we talked about from that is the learning opportunity there, because there's really no such thing as failing, even on the app when when you hit that app and, and you you say she showed it to me because she was like son of a bitch because and <laughs> just sitting there with his arms crossed just looking at you you know
0: i know and i've so, seen that picture i've seen it i've seen the disappointment <laughs> you, in his face it's all you had to
1: click yes i failed <laughs> Uh-huh.
0: I and mean, yeah her reaction to that was why well, i was laughing
1: and said it was funny but but uh she didn't like that at all because she's pretty competitive but um so but in, the conversation went to Look, you can't fail because this is a life, this is not a, a program, and we're gonna be becoming the best version of our, ourselves for the rest of our life. I mean, we're just now hitting our stride and we're you said the 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 word infant with my business earlier. I feel like I'm an infant with growth and an infant with becoming better. and mm-hmm. I'm just getting started. I feel like I've just now found the the uh, systems and processes, if you will, to move forward to the life I really want. So I'm so happy with where I'm going. And and our conversation this morning from that incident where she forgot to take the picture could have been, I failed. I'm so mad. I'm so upset. But where the conversation went, we learned, because we know what happened yesterday. We got out of our system. Right. We didn't do it in the right order. And that's why she failed at it. Our, that's why, uh, she, failed to take her picture and now she's going to start over. But that's a lesson to learn and that applies to everything in life. You know, the physical part for 75 Hard for me is just extra. The real benefit has been the mental part Mm -hmm. where it drives me crazy for something to be happening in my life or some business to to need to be taken care of. And for me not to be taking care of that business. I literally can't live with it. I have to go handle it now at
0: this point.
1: <laughs> I give that to 75 hard.
0: Yeah, you've had that switch, huh? Absolutely. So, um, is you know, do you take in Andy's stuff? Would you say he's one of the influences in your life?
1: Yeah, I do, man. I, I uh I like Andy's real approach to things and and common sense and uh the practical way he looks at things. I I uh you know, he's not for everybody. He's,
0: he's
1: in the- yeah, there's no <laughs> question He does about have that, that
0: loose language. So, um, tell me, tell me, who would you say the three most influential people are that you follow right now in your life that, that are actually helping you through this journey? Man,
1: um, I tend to like the, 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 the ones that are more you know for the guys and guys in apex men and women uh folks in apex that that are just doing the work and that's when when i see that then i see then you're able to see that anybody that you look at uh, you know the type of people that i used to look like look at on a pedestal now i see them as just people that do the work yeah and when i see you know ryan stewman or uh andy frisella or uh bradley i could tell you a good story about how bradley got me on 75 hard but um those guys they do the work and they um they 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 set the example that way and that's how i see them as just regular people that are doing the work and those are the people that i admire those are the people that i look up to and those are my heroes
0: good man yeah the the guys that show up consistently put the work in and uh yeah you know, they can you can really design any future you want with enough focus and consistency over time dude. and you're so,
1: one of those guys sam i mean you, you know you, all you guys in apex that have just that are ahead of me even by not a whole lot of time necessarily but but that have had a little more time to do the work
0: it's all it is buddy it's just showing up that. and working
1: and that's what you prove. You guys prove to me on a day-to-day basis. So it's an honor, man, to uh, to watch you guys work, and then to uh, just try to put my talents in play to to do the same.
0: Man, there's there's some days that we feel like it, and there's some days that we don't. But I, you just got to knock it out every single day. And uh, I appreciate the uh, the compliment, man. I thank you. Thank you so much. All right, before we wrap this up, I got just a few more more questions before you do this one I ask um, and it's it's a little bit cheesy but you know eh, I, I ask it of most of my guests dude if you could uh, if you could step back uh, in time a little bit and just chat with 25 year old Kevin or maybe 30 year old Kevin and uh, knowing the journey that he's going through <clears throat> what's one piece of advice you'd give to that guy
1: protect your relationships
0: protect your relationships all right, expand on that for me for a second.
1: i I didn't understand the value of value for value until, mm. quite honestly, fairly recently, man. It, it's a it's a different um, I didn't know what it meant, man i i did I didn't understand that. If you you know, I had heard the the saying that you are the average of the five people you're around the most, mm-hmm. I'd heard that saying, but I just didn't know what that meant. And I've been very blessed to have a lot of opportunities to be around some great people. And it wasn't on purpose, Sam. My heart's always been good, uh, but because of some of my limiting beliefs and because of uh, some of my insecurities, I let people down. And not only did I let others down, I let myself down
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because you can't, you, there's no way if if you don't believe in yourself that you're going to perform for other people, there's no way that if you aren't in, I don't have in te- personal integrity that you're going to be able to have integrity with other people. So you could rephrase that to say, work on your personal integrity, which to me, that's, goes
0: hand in hand with protect your relationships hmm man some uh, some real wisdom there and uh, I know I know I've lost relationships over entrepreneurship that maybe I could have done a little bit more to protect but again you know we, we talk about it a lot that you are the average of the group you surround yourself with and you know sometimes that group you outgrow and sometimes you'll end up with a group where you're like holy shit all my friends are waking up every morning and pissing excellence and I'm over here all average. And that's the point. The point is these guys drive you and they pull you on. So man, <clears throat> all right, Kevin, before we wrap this up, do you have any more tips for the guys on credit repair? Give us a quick rundown of what they uh, what those tips are and if they're interested, of course, how they can get started with you.
1: Yes, sir. So obviously the, the biggest thing that that I would say with with credit repair is to uh, first work on your your utilization. Look at your utilization uh, set. Second- utilization
0: is, is how much of your available credit you're spending, correct?
1: Yes, sir. Yeah. exactly. Uh, uh, break
0: break this down for 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 people like me that don't fully understand.
1: Yeah. So your utilization is what we talked about, about how much your basically your debt ratio.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, when you, when you look at with your available credit and what uh, that you're using, so again, that the, the, uh, breakdown of how to use a credit card that I shared with you earlier about, if you have, uh, five credit cards with a $10,000, uh, limit credit limit on them, but you only keep $2,000 on those cards, mm-hmm. that's your utilization. Right so at, at that stage, you would be at 20% utilization at. Uh, if you had one ten th- card with a $10,000 credit limit on it maxed out, you would be at a hundred percent utilization. Right. Utilization people don't realize counts 34% of your credit score. Mm-hmm. That's big. Yeah. Big.
0: Yeah. So just by so paying that's off some
1: people can, people can go into right now, as soon as they get off this uh, podcast, look at their credit card and get, get that down to 20% because there's a lot of people that have the money to pay their credit cards. They just don't know this
0: too. Right. Right.
1: And increase their credit score significantly just by paying their credit cards down and leaving them at 20%. Mm -hmm. It's a marketing scam to give points away the way they do for credit cards.
0: Right. Right.
1: That's all that is is a marketing scam. They're just trying to get you to use your credit cards. Credit cards are for three things. The Kevin Faulkner School of Credit Cards states (laughs) that credit cards are obviously for an emergency. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're to build credit. Mm -hmm and they're to invest in yourself. So for instance, if you bought an Apex, uh, bought your way, a membership into Apex, that's a it's okay to use a credit card for that because that's investing in yourself, you're going to make that money, you know, tenfold to do that. So that, that's mm-hmm. a good way to use a credit card. Those three things are the only thing credit card for. Credit cards are not to go to the club and 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 buy, you know, bottles for the table or whatever Uh yeah yeah not to go to the go buy clothes with
0: i mean just be sensible with it you know right yeah yeah I, i like that so man if you if you need some credit rescue kevin is is clearly uh the guy to do it you've already explained a bunch of stuff uh, that I wasn't aware of Kevin. I'm, I'm very, very pleased with that. Uh, thank you for doing that. And I hope the guests, uh, the listeners have got something out of you today as a guest. Um, do me a favor though. If these guys are interested in connecting with you and learning more, uh, about, uh, how to repair their credit, what's the best place, uh, for them to reach you? What's the best resource for them?
1: I'll, I'll keep it simple and give you two methods uh, to reach me, Sam. Uh, 3B Credit Health Consulting is my Facebook group.
0: Okay. uh,
1: Obviously on Facebook, uh, 3B Credit Health Consulting. And then you can email me at kevinfaulkner at mail.com. Not Gmail, just kevinfaulkner at mail.com.
0: Just mail. Okay, we'll put those links up in the show notes and uh, man it is time to wrap this up kevin it's been an absolute pleasure having you on here and getting to know uh, a little bit more about you i feel like we could have rambled for hours i was trying to keep it tight and keep the uh, keep the uh, the questions coming so thank you very much for coming on uh sincerely appreciate you and guys like he said, man, if you are interested in uh, just fine tuning your credit, if you're looking at buying a house or a car or something soon, and you want to bump those points up and get a better rate, um, go and check out Kevin's stuff, reach out to him on Facebook and we'll, we'll throw his links up here in the show notes. And as always, if you've gotten anything out of today's show, do me a favor, uh, screenshot it, post us up on Instagram, tag somebody that might need to listen to this. Maybe they've got bad credit and they need to listen to a little bit of Kevin too. And, uh, Uh, go and hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show, helps spread the word, and uh, hopefully helps as many people as we can to benefit from the experience of people like Kevin. Kevin, thank you for coming on, man. I sincerely appreciate it.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. I'm a true fan, brother.
0: (laughs) It's my pleasure. And guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, if you've enjoyed the show, share the love, and we will see you later this week for Friday fire you'll stay safe and have a great week guys. this has been the small business surgeon podcast if you've made it this far you clearly like it so go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review this helps people find the show and spread the good word share with friends and follow us at small business surgeon on Facebook and Instagram thanks for tuning in and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.